You are listening to the Journal of Rheumatology's Editor's Picks with Dr. Earl Silverman, Editor-in-Chief. Hello again, this is Earl Silverman, Editor-in-Chief of the Journal of Rheumatology, welcoming you to the September 2020 edition of Editor's Picks. I want to thank you to to take the time to listen to this podcast during the SARS-CoV-2 pandemic. Please stay healthy. Patient reported outcomes are becoming increasingly recognized as being crucial in determining efficacy of therapy. An important issue is the patient's perception of disease control and disease flare. The first paper I'd like to highlight is entitled Pain and Self-Reported Swollen Joints are main drivers of patient-reported flares in rheumatoid arthritis, results from a 12-month observational study, and is by Cattell and colleagues. In this prospective study of patients with RA, the authors longitudinally examined the characteristics of self-reported flares, their association with disease activity, and patient-reported outcomes. All patients at baseline had a DAS-28 CRP of less than 3.2 with no swollen joints. Patients were examined at baseline and then every three months for one year. Of the 80 patients entered into the study, 64 or 80% reported at least one flare during the 12-month period. Interestingly, 55% of patients reported flares lasted less than one week. Common self-managing strategies were analgesics in 50% and restricted activities in 38%. Flares were associated with patient-reported swollen and tender joints and pain, as well as physician-initiated treatment escalation. Please read this article to decide if you should incorporate patient-reported flares into your RA daily practice. Giant cell arteritis, or GCA, is the most prevalent vasculitis affecting people over the age of 50. It affects the large and medium-sized arteries. The two leading causes of death in GCA are cardiovascular and cerebrovascular disease, followed by infections. In the next paper to highlight, Ben Shabbat and colleagues in a paper entitled Mortality Among Patients with Giant Cell Arteritis, a large-scale patient-based study examined if there was an increased mortality in patients with GCA. Using a large medical database, the authors looked at 7,294 patients with GCA and compared their mortality over a 16-year period to 34,156 controls. The mean age at the beginning of the follow-up was 72.1 years and 69.2% were females. Their multivariate analysis demonstrated a slightly increased risk of mortality in the first two years after diagnosis with a hazard ratio of 1.14 
the same hazard ratio was again seen when, when increased mortality risk was seen at greater than 10 years. There was no increased mortality between these time periods. Please read this paper so you can better advise your patients about GCA-associated mortality. A major source of morbidity and mortality in SLE is related to end-stage renal disease. In the next article to highlight, entitled Advanced Kidney Disease in Lupus Nephritis, Is Dialysis Inevitable? Celios and colleagues examined the rate of progression and the factors associated with decline in renal function in SLE nephritis patients with advanced kidney disease. For the purpose of this study, advanced kidney disease was defined as stage 3B CKD with an EGFR of 30 to 44 mils per minute per 1.73 meters squared. And stage 4 was defined as an EGFR of 15 to 29 mils per minute per 1.73 meters squared. The authors found that from their total cohort of 700 patients with lupus nephritis, 118 had advanced kidney disease, 74 with CKD stage 3B, and 44 with CKD stage 4. 45 of the 118 patients progressed 29 to end-stage renal disease, and 16 from CKD3B to CKD4 after a mean follow-up of six years. Conversely, 73 patients did not have a significant decline in renal function with a mean follow-up of 10 years. The authors found that active lupus serology, high titer anti-DNA antibodies, and low complement C3 or C4 levels at the time of CKD diagnosis, and any increase of the daily prednisone after baseline were strongly associated with progression. Treatment with renin-angiotensin system inhibitors was associated with a lower risk of progression. Please Please read this article in the accompanying editorial entitled Lupus Nephritis and Chronic Kidney Disease by Soma and Kaplan from University College London, England, to understand the implications of this article to your practice and in particular, which patients may be at highest risk for progression to dialysis and what potentially modifying factors were associated with progression to dialysis. Now, for a different article than I usually highlight, and it is regarding quality of published trials. In an article entitled, The Quality of Randomized Controlled Trials in High-Impact Rheumatology Journals, 1998 to 2018, Putman and colleagues examined all RCT published in three high-impact rheumatology journals for the years 1998, 2018, and 2008. Quality metrics were derived from a modified JADED scale, and they were analyzed by the year of publication and by funding source. 
the authors identified 96 publications, of which 82 described the primary analysis of an RCT. They found that over time, trials were less likely to adequately report dropouts and withdrawals or include an active comparator. Over time, trials were more likely to evaluate biologic therapy and report adequate randomization procedures. Not surprisingly, 79% of the trials received industry funding. Industry-funded trials were more likely to report double-blinding, patient-reported outcome measures, and perform an intent-to-treat analysis. Please read this article to better understand the implication of the changes in trials over time to the future of rheumatology practice, and in particular, for the need for more comparative efficacy trials. Health-related quality of life is important in all patients, in particular in patients with osteoarthritis. In the final paper to highlight on the podcast, Loaf and colleagues in a paper entitled Health-Related Quality of Life in Patients with Hand Osteoarthritis from the General Population and the Outpatient Clinic examined the use of hand issue of hand osteoarthritis and concurrent knee osteoarthritis with health-related quality of life. As the title implies, the authors examined two cohorts. One was a population-based cohort from the Graden Leiden in the Netherlands, and the other consisted of patients with a rheumatologist's diagnosis of hand osteoarthritis that were recruited from a Leiden hospital. Hand osteoarthritis alone and concurrent hand and knee osteoarthritis were present at 8% and 4% respectively, of the 6,334 patients in the population-based cohort and in 57% and 32% of the 538 patients in the hospital-based practice. The authors found that hand osteoarthritis alone and hand with knee osteoarthritis were both associated with a lower physical component summary scores of minus 2.7 and minus 7.7, respectively, as compared to people without osteoarthritis. Consulting a specialist, as may be expected, was associated with worse physical component scores. In contrast, the mental health-related quality of life was not significantly altered as compared to controls in either cohort. Please read this article, and in particular, the discussion by the authors, to better appreciate the implications of these findings and how they may help you better understand how isolated osteoarthritis of the hand or associated with osteoarthritis of the knee affects physical and mental well-being of your patients. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. I encourage you to read not only my highlighted articles, but all the articles in the September 2020 edition of Journal of Rheumatology, either in the print edition 
or the online edition, which is available at www.jroom.com. We will continue to expedite the review of all articles regarding SARS-CoV-2 and the COVID-19 pandemic and quickly and make them available online with open access prior to publication in our print edition. Please listen to our podcast on editors interviewing highlighted SARS-CoV-2 articles. If you have any comments or questions on these highlighted articles or any article appearing in the Journal of Rheumatology, please send these comments to manuscripts at jroom.com. Please listen next month to the October 2020 edition of Editor's Highlights, and please stay healthy during this pandemic. Thank you.